So we are up to a new Mishnah. Now we've discussed this Mishnah many ways, many times, but this is finally the Mishnah of Iker and Tafel. So, Heviu Lefanov Moliach Tchila. If they brought in front of him salty dish, we are the Mishnah Memdal and Menalf. One blot left to the six parag. They brought in front of them a salty dish, let's call it herring. Upas imai, and they brought bread with it. You make a brach on the maliach, which is the ikr, and you patter up the pas, because pas is tough. Whenever you have an ikr, so rather than go through all the lumdis again. Just want to I pick like a, a bunch of halachas which are interesting just to go through quickly. So there's a machlekes. There's a machlekes if you literally need to eat the ikar and tuffle together, or the fact that you one is ikar and one is tuffle. It doesn't really matter if you eat them literally together. Just very simply, do you need to eat the kichel with the herring? You need to put the herring on the kichel. Or can I eat a piece of herring and then like a minute later <coughs> take a kechel and still be seimach on ikr and tafel? The Ramah says that the ikr patters the tafel even though you're not eating it together. Even though the Ramah and Shulchan Aruch both say that it needs to literally be together, you need to eat them together. You can be seimach on the Ramah, definitely all of us here can be seimach on the Ramah that if even if you do not eat them together, the halacha of ikar and tafel still applies, even though the Rambam and say no. Um, next, does, let's say, I plan on eating herring kichel, and I eat the kichel before the herring, which I see a lot of people doing by a kiddush, right? So the guy making kiddush. Now, if you're, if you're not strictly eating ikar and tafel, you also having mezainus and chopped liver and turkey salad, kaminik, irenu, akadosha, by Baltimore, then, then that's fine. But let's say all you plan on eating is herring and kichel. So you go and you make the, you go and you make the mezainus on the kichel, which is going to be your tafel to the herring first. So now, making mezainus for sure the wrong move. That, that's for sure the wrong move. It's a machlekes hapaiskim, what you should do. Some paiskim say, if you're going to eat the tafel before the ikr, you make a shahakal. You make a shahakal because it's like a limbo food, which means it's really a tafel. But you're, you haven't eaten the ikr yet. So to say you can eat without a bracha, to say you can eat without a bracha, we can't do. We can't say you can eat without a bracha. But to make a mazainus, it's not a mazainus. You're not eating it as mazin. You're eating it as tafel. So, so to say you make a mazainus on the kichel is unacceptable. So a lot of can say you make a shakal. Other can say this is like mind-boggling. I don't know how you eat without a bracha. Other can say no. Mishra Bruce says never eat the tafel before the acre. Are you Yetzir? Uh, okay. 
Yeah. He, this guy was guess, having a heart attack. It's not like the muzzle. It's not like it's not. Is the pshat that when the tuple and ikra that the that it's not muzzle or no? Since it's tuple. Oh, 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 So that's a massive hakira. Like mamish the lumdum, the lumdum have that hakira. The the two them are. I mean, feel free to add a tzad. But the 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 tzadim advanced are that the brach on the ikra patters the brach on the tuple, or that the tuple doesn't have a din food. After you ate the other food, so Avada, if you want to say that cheetah Avada, you'd have to say that Hakdama first. But I mean, even the first one, they say that once you're making a bracha, why wouldn't you make a mezayis? Why wouldn't you make a shahat? Because because you, it's it's purely now again, if if it's not here b'teres tafel gzunter hey, but if it's here b'teres tafel, it doesn't deserve mezayis. Um, there's a certain member who's a poster of a lot of statuses for the Nerizal dinner Yehuda Spiro, so. He once said a vart that, you know, like the Goyish hot dog buns? Like, so he said, Goyish hot dog buns, I don't know, I forgot the brand name. Arnold's. Arnold's, yeah. So he said, the Arnold's hot dog buns, they're edible napkins. <laughs> they, they're, they're, not, they're not a food. They're like, in the Emerson, you would eat the hot dog, but there's no way to hold in your hand. He could. A hot dog with relish and ketchup and pickles and coleslaw and the whole zach. So you have an edible napkin. The he mamish machavin to the vart here. The, the, so there be enough to mean whether you guys so I wonder you, you could I could hear the tzad that no you ate a mezainus just because you didn't make a bracha of mezainus on it you ate mezainus that well, it still yeah, counts as makam well, well, that's the hakira if you're being if you're pottering it with the bracha then you should be yaitze if you're saying that it doesn't it, it doesn't has no tera it has no status. Yeah, but as I could hear that even if it has no status, Ilamaisa fills your belly, and therefore you had a Kiddush B'makam Sudha, even, even if it became potter, especially if the other food pottered it in the bracha, you became food, so you, you, you became full from it. So Mimela, your Kiddush B'makam Sudha was fulfilled. What's the, what's the Allah Ilamaisa of Kiddush B'makam Sudha with that? Good question. I don't know. I don't want to venture a guess. I didn't see anyone talking about it. Let me think about it. You might, you might tell the mission if you use bread just for that, that's an awesome question. I, we'll be telling this. Now you already have like a shtickle terror ready to print. I, that's an awesome, that's an awesome shayla. Let me think about that. Two other little shaylas. Let's say you, you think you're a very manly dude. And when you started making a bracha on the ikr, the salty thing, I don't, crackers are for wimps. I could eat this stuff straight. So when you, when you had a, when you had in mind to eat the ikr, you had absolutely, and this Avada dates back to this Chakira, you had absolutely no intention of eating the tafel. I could handle my herring with no, with no kichel. I could handle, you know, whatever very, very salty food that we're eating over here, capers or whatever. I could handle it with no, with no uh, side dish. So you make your bra. Then, like, you know, five minutes later, you have, no, no, the belt didn't miss the boat. You need a cracker. Do you have to make a bracha then? Meaning... Do you have the status of tuffel with automatically because that's what the food entails? Or is the status of tuffel because you had in mind when you made the brach on the ikr that I'm going to eat the tuffel, therefore the tuffel becomes potter, and in an instance where you defied normalcy and said, no, I do not plan on eating a tuffel. Like eating crane. Like eating crane. Well, so, so, so that's the last chakira. Let's say there's something that's for sure a tuffel, but you love it. So I was thinking of two examples this morning. Number one, that guy 
that likes the maraschino cherry on, on like the, uh, the parfait cup. Which means you ask anyone else in the room, 97 people out of 100, 99, 100, chuck the thing. A few of them eat it derech agav. Some people love the maraschino cherry. If let's say by you, the tafel or mizak in a martini, you have three olives. So most people want the martini for the martini. Let's say you're an Ehev Olives. You love the food that Lakuli Alma is the tafel. Do you have the ability, and even you're even eating it, Bitaras Tafel, but you love that food. Do you have an ability? Do you have an ability to elevate the tafel because of Chaviv out of its status as a tafel? And bring it out. So the, the Ramah says you do. The Ramah says if it's Chaviv, you can eat it. The Mishnah Brura brings from the Magan of Ram and the Gras says, no, 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 no. If a food is a tafel, I don't care how much you love it, it remains a tafel. So in your case, in your case, so me and everyone else, Chrein is zikher a tafel to the gefilte fish. Chrein is zikher a tafel to the gefilte fish. But let's say, <laughs> let's say you elevate the Chrein because you love it, the, the Ramo would tell you you could make a brach on the Chrein independently. Yeah. The Mishnabrura, Alpi the Gra, Magan Avram says, no, you can't. So there's two types of tafel foods, though, one that's always a tafel and one that depends on other food with it? You, well, I mean, you could draw a line straight through if you pick the right Paiskim, but no, never. If you want to switch Paiskim, you could do what you just did. Right, right, right. For you, you're that guy. Not, really right, right. Right, 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 right. But only as right, right. He like he's a chad bedar that he only that he eats at plain. Sauerkraut, right, right. So nobody says that with regard to misanis just the fact that misanis elevates it. Does no? That's that's the mishnah. No. Even so, does some people ask. Yes, so some people ask, what's the point of this Mishnah? We've done every single halach in this Mishnah already. So some people answer the Kiddush of the Mishnah is that even pas could become a tafel. That That's Mamash, the point of this Mishnah. Okay, so we have the Mishnah, and the Mishnah taught us the din of Iker Tafel, and, and as you can see, there's a lot of lambdas possible. Asks the Gemara, I, I cannot even understand your case. Is this ever possible? Is bread ever a mere tafel in a suda? Is that possible? Is what you just said possible? Which means, if you ask anyone, what's the ikr of any suda? It's the bread. Anything else that is at that suda is there to give the bread some flavor and make it less boring. Really, you can eat bread. You don't just want bread that's a boring existence. So you eat foods to accompany your bread. You have sometimes meat, sometimes fish, sometimes cheese. You eat things to accompany your bread. Says the Gemara, your mom is flipping it on its head. You're telling me, you're telling me that you could have a meal you could have a meal that the bread is taka tafel. Is that ever the case? Says the Gemara, Amr of Acha Breder Bavira, Amr of Ashi, yes. It's when a person 
ate fruits from a certain region in Eretz which after this line we're going to depart and talk about Paris Eretz Yisrael. But a person ate fruits from a region in Eretz Yisrael called Paris Genaiser. Machlekes in the Mefarshim, if this region is in Chelek of Asher or Chelek of Naphtali, it's in, the, it's in the Galilee, in the central region of Eretz which is extremely fertile, has great fruits. And there's these fruits there that, as we'll see in the Gemara in a minute, are so incredibly sweet, they can literally, they can literally cause a person, Rashi and Taisi you can weaken your heart. That, that, like, I don't know if this is scientific, that it's like some type of, like, glucose overload. I don't know if it's, like, psychological, that, like, you had something so sweet, you're, like, sickeningly sweet. Or whatever the case may be, I don't know if it's physical, psychological, ruchnius, but, but you are in such need of something salty that your next meal, I need salty food. I don't care what else is at this, at this meal. I don't care what else I have. I just ate Paris Geneser and I'm dying for salty food and therefore I need salty food. And that answers the Gemara is the case of our Mishnah, how you can come to a situation in which, how you can come to a situation in which Paris nice. how you come to a situation which bread is in tuffle. Because really, I really don't care about bread right now. My goal over here is to is to outweigh this Paris Gnaiser. Now. You're saying the Gnaiser is calling the salt? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. So, so, beautiful. So like this. Fractisus. <laughs> so why didn't you say that this is the case? Why didn't the Gemara answer? Frank Tyson, look at the top Tyson. Sha Maliach Iker, you're eating this Maliach, Shuba Lahashiv Halev to restore your heart, Shinachlash Mipne Mesikasa Paris, Vapashal Akhrav Tafel. That knows the bread is only coming after you needed the salt. The salt is only coming after you need the Paris Ganaiser. Venabala Shua Malik Vim Kane. Paris have iker umaliach tafel. For every time, Frank Tyson's ebaze. It's not that the the salty food is the iker. The Paris are the iker. Says Tyson, you're you're starting in the middle of a story over here. If so, so so Tyson says it was at a different sitting. Rashi says Rashi says it's because the fruits are more chashiv than the bread. So you have like a seesaw over here. So what, what becomes the ikr? Since you ate the sweet food that are more chashev than the bread, the, the equation goes down and the bread loses. Uh, so according to Rashi, according to Rashi, according to Rashi, this case would never be Nagea to me and you. Because you would need a fruit that is more chashev than bread, that is more chashev than bread, and you would therefore need the fruit to trigger a need for salty food, and therefore the fruit is the ichor, the salt is the antidote to the fruit, and the bread loses. So listen to the psak of the Mechaber. Mechaber paskins. Ochel maliach, if you ate salty food, v'achel pas imai, shulayazik grenai, you had a really salty food. And like your throat is killing. You have like this like really, really, you're getting reflux because you ate something really salty. And then you ate bread just to tamp that down. Ain't sarach halapas. 
Frek the Marshal, because the Torah and the Machaber both say this, Frek the Marshal, you didn't pass in the Gemara. The Gemara said that that's not a case. What's wrong with the Mishnah? I, I, well, I understand, but the Mishnah says you ate salt, mm-hmm. so you eat bread. Fine, fine. That's the Mishnah, but the Gemara disagreed. So basically, what you have over here is the, the Mechaber and the Torah paskening the Mishnah Kitsurasai without the, like, redoing it of the Gemara. How do they learn the Gemara? Exactly. They, they're ignoring the Gemara. The, they're saying, the Mechaber and the Torah are learning, that the Gemara is just any ukimta why you would need bread. Rashi's taking the Gemara 100% seriously. So wh- my answer to your question is, is that, is that the bread over here, like the Paiskim, has nothing to do with the Paris Geneser. If for whatever reason you ate a salty food and you want bread, it doesn't matter. In Rashi, who's taking the Gemara 100% seriously, 100% literally, you would literally need the fruit to outweigh the bread in order for it to become tafel to the Maliyah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if like anyone caught that conversation, but in other words, in other words, there's a conflict over here between the Mishnah and the Gemara. The Mishnah, the Gemara recharacterized the Mishnah only in a case of Paris Geneser. Question is, how seriously you take it? Rashi takes it 100 percent seriously. The Paiskim don't. So is, is herring and crackers then? I don't think nowadays it is. I don't think we have such maliach. You know, to be honest. Um, it's not about, oh, uh, using <coughs> it's, it's, Yeah, it's, it's not, not the Buddha edible napkin case. It's not. I, I honestly believe that it's not. There's no food that I know of that is so salty that you need something to tamp it down. Yeah, it's, it, you know, like people like to have salt and then they have like a drink of whatever. But and I was like, there's no food that's like an icker and tough like yeah, that. Maybe, maybe. No, because in those days they needed that, to salt things terribly in order to preserve it. We don't have anything that's salted to preserve. So I don't think this halacha, I can't, in other words, I'm not so into food, and I don't think about food that much, but I, I couldn't think of a, a food that, that like needs another food. It's not that it's so salty, it's that some just you don't like eating herring without crackers or pickle. That's just, so I, yeah, I don't think that counts. That doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't think that counts. Anyway, so as we segue, we brought up these, I don't want to say the word sickeningly sweet fruits because we're talking about parasite, so that would be an Avera, but these fruits that are so sweet they make you sick. The next Gemara is, by all accounts, one of the most Shivera Gemaras in Shas. This Gemara, of all the Agatas we've ever had, is probably the most fantastic, as in fantasy, Gemara you will come across. So most people say this Gemara is talking about something Kabbalistic and we have no idea what it's talking about. I'm going to try to say a pshat um, from the Siddur Yaivitz <coughs> in this Gemara, but this Gemara is definitely fantastical. And, and, uh, and it's very hard to, to understand this Gemara Pashib pshat. When we used to go with Rabbi Yechanan, Lamechel Peres Geneser, we used to go with Rabbi Yechanan Pashit on an excursion to eat these Peres Geneser. When there was a hundred of us in the group, 
Each one would get ten fruits. When we were only ten in the group, there was much more to go around. We would each get a hundred. So, Rabbi Hanna said, we used to go through Biyachanan. When there were a lot of people, there were limited quantities of fruits. When there were limited people, there was a lot of quantities of fruits. We called Mayaminayu. Now, how big were these fruits? A hundred of them would fill a basket. We called Mayaminayu. A hundred of them have a machsik luhutsina. It would be filled a basket by Talosa Savi, which was a, a basket that they were familiar with. You know, it probably doesn't mean much to me and you nowadays, but like it would be as if someone said, it would be as if someone said, you know, what's, what's like a common box, a shoebox? So you could fit a hundred in a shoebox. Okay, fine, get it. Um, and we would eat them. And we could swear that we got no nutrition. You don't mean you got no nutrition. We're not full. Okay. We finally have our first clue. So Rabbi Barbachana says, no matter how much you ate, if there were 100 in the group, you each only got 10. If there were 10 in the group and you each got 100, no matter how many of them you ate, you would swear you didn't eat anything. What's going on here? So we have these, what's the clues? We have these fruits, they're sickeningly <coughs> sweet, sick, they're sickeningly sweet, and they, you don't get, they have no f- sensation of filling you up. So the Sidriyavitz explains that although this sounds like a, um, an excursion in gluttony, that we used to go on a, on a fruit picking trip with the Eiligatana of Yechanan, how could that be? So the Yavitz explains that food is comprised of two parts. Food is comprised of two parts. There is the necessary fuel contained in food that we all need to live. Because if we don't eat, we are incapable of doing Avedis Hashem, we're incapable of learning, we're incapable of doing mitzvahs. And then there is the luxury part of food. <coughs> Obviously, some of the food goes to sustain your neshama. And the rest of the food goes to sustain your guf, and it comes out in waste. Because it was pure use of gashmias, and the use of gashmias basically stays down low. So says the Yavitz, what the Gemara is saying here is that these Tanoim and Amiraim were so holy, they knew how to search out in food an experience that was purely ruchnius with as little Gashmiya side effects as possible because they saw this only as Kedusha Sa'aretz. The Yavit says it's akin to the Kayin Gadol or the Kayin when he eats from a carbon. When a Kayin eats from a carbon, it is a purely spiritual existence. Kehanim Eichlem and Bailem Eskapim. That the Kayin can eat the food and Al Yideh, the Kayin's Achila, which seems like a physical act, the bringer of the carbon achieves a kapara. Wow, that's amazing. That one person can do a physical act and another person can get a spiritual high. So you see from that concept, that model, that prototype, that it is possible to engage in a physical pursuit and to cull from it purely the ruchniistic aspects to leech 
from it, purely the Ruchniyazdika aspects, and leave it as a spiritual experience and nothing more. That, says the Yaivas, is what's going on over here. These fruits were the connection, the point that Ruchnius and Gashmius connect, that they located in Eretz Yisrael, which is the, which is the point of connection between Ruchnius and Gashmius. We know Eretz Yisrael is the point of connection of Ruchnius and Gashmius, specifically this. I mean, but Eretz Yisrael in general is where the, is where the end of Ruchnius exists and the beginning of Gashmius. These fruits, these Tanoim, these Amaraim searched it out in such a way that they were able to go on a purely spiritual experience. And that's what it means. No matter how much you ate, 10, 100, it produced the same, it produced the same filling, absolutely none. And yet they only got Ruchniyastika things. Which means they were able to excise, they were able to remove the Gashmi's aspect of food, which is very cool. That's what the Yavit says. Now check out the next line in Gemara. <coughs> Rebabo, he used to eat them, Ochel, he used to eat so much of them. Rebabo eats so many of them, and he developed like a food sweat that like he literally had a sheen on his forehead. He literally had a sheen on his forehead out of eating so many of these fruits, and a fly, this is like a funny visual, a fly failed to gain traction. Sharakle dudbe, the fly would literally slip off his forehead. Those are the words mean, sharak, slip. Dudva, a fly on his, off his forehead. So, I mean, again, the Yavitz doesn't say this, but it's awesome. It, it, it seems like a total picture of gluttony. That like you literally stuff yourself until you're sweating, and your sweat is like so like like uh, like a kishke that even a fly can't can't gain traction on your forehead. But let's not forget, zvuv is the yitzhar. The gemara is mamashahemshach of the last line. The Babo ate these fruits, and there was such a spiritual existence that the yitzhar could not gain any traction from, quote-unquote, indulgence into these fruits. Rebavo ate these fruits to an extreme, i.e., he indulged the ruchnius to an extreme, and the zvuv, which is the Yetzirah, which is always the Yetzirah, the zvuv gained no traction from his achila. Amir de Kepshat. Rabami Asi, they would eat them until their hair fell out, which means their pores, Pasha, became so relaxed from eating them, their hair fell out. Again, hair, in like real Kabbalah, hair of your head has, has a negative connotation, which is why like religious people shave their head. Hair of your beard has a positive connotation. Their hair fell out. Rishim and Lakish ate them until he went insane. I don't have a good shot for that. <laughs> now, once we're saying Milus of Eretz Yisrael, the Gemara continues with some Maisim here of Milus of Eretz Yisrael, which are just odd. Says the Gemara. Rabbi Yechanan told Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi about this awesome find. 
said, you have to go. I found these most amazing Paris Kineser, and you have to go try them. Boushli, Rabbi Huda Nesia would send a gang of workers, Abbasre, after Rabbi Yechanan, Umaisilabese, and he would bring it to the house of Rebbe. Thank you very much. Kiosser of Dimi, once we're talking about the produce of Eretz Yisrael, Rav Dimi once said the following story. Yanayamelech had this city in the region of Haramelech, and it was so fertile that the trees produce so much fruit that I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a, like one of these weird economic signs that shows that the economy is doing great. You know they have like these weird statistics when it's a good economy, um, uh, you know, such and such apparel sells well. Because since the economy is good, people have more leisure. Since people have more leisure, they buy more of this. Since people buy more of this, they have more of this. You know, people that like invest in stocks, like know this, like said, ooh, in a bad economy, buy Gillette because people still need toothpaste. But a good economy, right? They have like these like, like one-offs, one-offs of economic indicators. So they're going to show one-off of how fertile this region was. This region was so fertile, they would take out from it, which means they would have to bring in Shishim Reba, 600,000 safle tris, bowls of tuna, for the people that were cutting the figs, Mer of Shabbos, Lair of Shabbos. Do you want to know how much produce there was? That simply to feed the workers, simply to feed the workers that were harvesting this produce, we had to bring in 60,000 bowls of tuna fish every week. Kiyosurovin, Rovin came, Amr Ilan Echad, there was once this tree, Hayulaliana Melch, Bahar Melch, the Yana Melch had, Shimaridimimenu Arbasa Geisleis, they would take down 40 baskets of birds. Misholish Brechis in three groups, Bachaidish each month, which means there must have been so much fruit on the tree that the birds found so much to eat that it was a natural bird trap that if you wanted to trap birds, you could go to that tree and take out of that tree tens of thousands of birds per month. That's how fertile it was. And not only was Eretzistral fertile in its produce, it was fertile in its yichas. There's one city in Eretz Yisrael, the Gufnis Shema, its name was Gufnis. There were 80 brothers of Kehanim. Married to 80 pairs of sisters, Kehanis, which means <coughs> the years were so sterling that you could have multiple marriages between the same families because the yichas was so sterling and they didn't ever find any pagam yichas. So the same families were willing to do shidduchim with the same families. You had 80 pairs of Kahanim brothers doing shidduchim with 80 pairs of Kahanim sisters. And if you want to, if you think, well, that, we could do that. We checked in Bavel. From the top of Bavel to the bottom of Bavel. From Surah to Narda. And we couldn't find this to replicate it. The only time we ever found two brothers marrying two sisters were the daughters of Rebchista. They were married to the Barchama brothers. The girls were Kehanim. The boys were not Kehanim. And that is how far we are from that high watermark of Yichas in Eretz Yisrael. 
ends the Gemara with some nutrition advice. Amarav kol sudashem by melech. Any suda that doesn't have salt ain't a suda. If you don't have salt, you're not going to digest your meal. Therefore, it's not an official meal. Any suda that doesn't have gravy, something moist to help put down the meat, ain't a suda also is not a suda. Okay.